Hello and welcome to the Select Sector Spider Sector Digest podcast for the week of August 21st, 2023. I'm your host, Paul Bayaki, ready to dig into all things sectors for the week ahead and look back at the week that was. And this was one of those really rough weeks for the market, no matter how you slice it. You look at all 11 gig sectors down for the week, the best performing sector, technology down just 1.16%. And that 2% or 2.11% overall loss for the S&P 500 for the week takes the year-to-date gain up to 13.81%. And if you talked about it a couple of weeks ago when we were knocking on the door of 20-plus percent year-to-date on the S&P 500 and, and sort of unpacked what was making the market reach new highs for the year, and a lot of it had to do with a lot of research firms, a lot of buy side, sell side folks capitulating on their recession calls. The idea that the, the Fed was at or close to the end of its cycle and perhaps would start being a little bit more dovish in its policy and or its language. And yet a lot of that stuff has started to unravel a little bit. And that's partly why you've seen this correction in the market. You had from an interest rate perspective, a pretty significant move to the upside in longer term interest rates and you look at the economic data this week, and I think it's reflective of the ongoing shift in dynamic nature of how people view this economy. So retail sales, better than expected. They beat. That was including ex-autos. So pretty healthy indicator uh, on the retail front. And then you had really poor Empire Manufacturing Survey. Home Builder Confidence Index had a big miss. And then... The only significant data point for the week was LEIs declined again, 0.4% month-over-month decline as expected. That's the 16th straight monthly decline in the leading economic indicators, and 17th out of the last 18 months it's been in decline. And so you, you read into that report, and again, this idea that inflation, which has contracted dramatically over the course of the past year, is going to continue to do so, and the economy, which has shown, based on retail sales beating this week, based on a lot of the aggregate service level and consumer level data, seems to be humming. You look inside this LEI print, and you start to wonder what pockets of the economy that have been strong are perhaps showing signs of weakness. Well, from the leading economic indicators report, this is a a passage. In July, Weak new orders, high interest rates, a dip in consumer perceptions of the outlook for business conditions, and decreasing hours worked in manufacturing fueled the leading indicator's 0.4% decline. Continued, the leading index continues to suggest that economic activity is likely to decelerate and descend into mild contraction in the months ahead. The conference board now forecasts a short and shallow recession in the Q4 2023 to Q1 2024 time span. Now, within that is softer language than the conference board has had in recent leading economic indicator reports. But another point here, this is the longest streak of LEI declines that we've seen going back to the GFC. And on a year-over-year basis, the LEI is down 7.5%. So that's closest to its biggest one-year year-over-year drop, and that goes back again to the GFC. And so the point is, market week this week, and 
market coming well off of its high, 6% or so correction in the S&P 500 off of that near-term high. What does that mean? Does it mean that the recession calls that have been abandoned by a lot of the research firms on Wall Street are going to return? Or is it the market is saying that we needed to wash out some of this recent bullishness and the Fed and interest rates and bond markets supporting that idea? We'll see. From a flows perspective, 39 million shares redeemed across the lineup. Eight of 11 gig sectors in the select sector spider lineup were out for the week, including 19 million shares redeemed out of XLF. So of the other 20 or so million net shares that were redeemed this week, 3 million plus coming out of XLV, XLP, and XLK, and then roughly 8 million shares out of XLI. So within that general flow report is, of course, that big number from XLF, but also perhaps a reminder that week to week, quarter to quarter, month to month, flows numbers really don't tell you much because we talked a couple weeks ago on this podcast about how we saw some inflows into some of the more defensive sectors and out of the more cyclical sectors or growth sectors. And yet this week we saw two of those three defensive sectors seeing meaningful redeems. So the sector in focus this week isn't just a sector. It's sort of playing on this headline of generative AI and the fact that everyone seems to be talking about AI. And I'd be remiss if on this podcast, when we're talking about sectors in so many different ways and trying to take a textured view of the sector framework, we didn't at least investigate how AI was going to impact various sectors. And so maybe we'll do a series on this and we'll dig into each individual sector's impact at various points over the course of the next few months. But for now, I think you can separate it into the obvious, the less obvious, and then maybe the TBD in terms of how AI or generative AI is going to impact various sectors. So the obvious ones seem to be XLK, XLY, and XLC. First and foremost, you have companies in those portfolios that are directly involved in and in theory generating revenue off of generative AI capabilities or otherwise. Of course, when you think about technology companies, some of the biggest beneficiaries so far have been in the semiconductor space. And in addition, the software and services segment also seems to be one key direct impact from generative AI spending and generative AI evolution. Now, my colleague Bob Dudley sent me a CIO report from Morgan Stanley, which talked about those CIOs and ultimately what their expectations were for AI spending, AI investment, and the application. And I think the application is what's most interesting to these companies long-term, but the near-term investment opportunity seems to be somewhat muted for some of these companies, whether it's in the financial services sector or the real estate sector. These CIOs ultimately decided that for the time being, they don't anticipate investing a tremendous amount of money in the near term on major projects associated with this specific theme because, and I think this underlines a lot of what we've been reading about the category, that this generative AI and the applications at the corporate level remain to be seen. Now, beyond tech and consumer discretionary and communication services, which feel a little bit more obvious in terms of the beneficiaries of generative AI and applications, some of the less obvious ones to me that are also really interesting are XLE, XLU, and XLRE. The first in terms of energy is the amount of electricity that's going to be required 
to support all of the infrastructure to help support generative AI and the build out. That's going to come, of course, from natural gas and the companies producing it in theory until we transition. But also that generative AI platform is a direct impact on the success rates and in theory, the hit rates of exploration companies in the energy space that they try and determine where and when to drill. The utility space gets back to this idea that all of these various cloud centers and all of these data centers, which of course are managed largely by XLRE, are going to require a tremendous amount of electricity, which of course XLU and the companies within it will likely be providing. XLRE is likely to be a beneficiary because the footprint of investment in data centers will dramatically grow as generative AI applications continue to grow. And so in theory, the companies in those categories servicing those customers in the real estate sector will be beneficiaries. And then to wrap it up, TBD, I think these companies have complex stories around AI that aren't necessarily as as obvious. XLI are industrials, XLP are staples, materials, XLB, as well as healthcare and financials. And I think Healthcare, you can talk yourself into some of the applications in terms of healthcare servicing and healthcare services companies. But beyond that, I think it remains to be seen how it's going to be applied in a drug setting or in a drug development setting. In financials, I think the story rings true as well. But we'll dig into those sectors individually much more in the months and weeks ahead. On the economic data front next week, we've got new and existing home sales, we've got PMIs, and we've also got consumer sentiment. So not a super heavy data week in terms of headline numbers, but again, more textured insights into the economic backdrop. And then finally, on the earnings front, very quiet week, just 11 companies from the S&P 500 reporting, but NVIDIA is in there. Obviously, it ties into this AI theme more broadly because that's been one of the biggest, if not the biggest beneficiaries of the generative AI craze in the marketplace, and then also Lowe's, which will give us a read into the nature and health of the consumer as it relates to the housing market. So with that, I'd like to thank everyone for joining me once again. My name is Paul Bayaki, Chief ETF Strategist at SSNC Alps Advisors. I hope everyone has a wonderful week. Appreciate you listening. Please visit SectorSpiders.com for more information. Take care.